Well, you know, I never realized I had gut issues um, until I went on the carnivore diet. Um, who, who would have thought that, you know, um, going to the toilet three, four times a day was not normal and having these, you know, you know, bouts of of just bloating and, and reflux, you know, I thought reflux was just a normal thing, you know, and if it got worse, I'm going to take a PPI for it. Easy peasy. But no, it, 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 when I went on carnival, all those things, you know, it just went away and I thought, oh, gosh, it's not really, you know, uh, I never realized that, that was an issue to begin with. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Now today I'm joined by my very special guest, uh, Joff Iladi, uh, who is a registered nurse and uh, a fellow carnivore like myself. Uh, he's the host of the popular Revitalize Yourself channel on YouTube. Uh, as I said, he's a registered nurse, so he spends a lot of time uh, in his career being hospital-based uh, bedside uh, nursing. Um, he's seen the devastating effects that chronic disease can cause, and he's now become a huge advocate for strength and resistance training as well as carnivore diet, um, having been a power lifter in the past, and he's now trying to get back into the sport being a carnivore, so I'd love to get his take on how that's going. Uh, he's been carnivore now for a couple of years, I believe, and uh, he's had great success, including uh, a lot of cardiovascular disease, mental health improvements, sleep apnea, and gut issues, which we'll ask him about today. Uh, and he's come on to uh, his channel to share his story today. So thank you very much, Joff, for coming on the Meet Medic podcast today. Thank you, Dr. Kowadkar, for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, now, maybe if you can just give my listeners uh, a little bit of background about yourself, Joff. I mean, I've obviously introduced you there, but if you can maybe just give us, you know, the story. How did you get into the carnivore diet? Because it's not mainstream medical advice. No, definitely not. So um, it all really starts with, uh, I guess, where I like to pinpoint the time period where I experienced the first, I guess, medical problems uh, that that would would normally trigger, you know, action. And so this happened when I was in my early twenties, and I had my first blood test. Now, the first thing that I got was a phone call from the GP clinic, and basically telling me to come in to discuss results. Now, the doctor who I had consulted had said uh, your cholesterol levels are high. Um, and, and so we sort of started talking about, you know, cholesterol and then, you know, I opened up about my family history, which, you know, um, basically I, I'm riddled with heart disease in my, in my family, you know, uh, multiple family members have had cardiovascular disease and have also passed away from cardiovascular disease. So that kind of prompted the discussion to treatment. And so Surprisingly, the first thing that this uh, doctor had recommended was to take a statin, just due to the fact that this was, you know, her likely hereditary at the time. You know that that's what I was my my impressions were, and so yep, that was the the first recommendation. The second thing was you could change your lifestyle. We could look into your diet, look into your exercise, and you know, uh, see how we go from there to see if we can, you know, somehow lower the, these markers of um, heart disease. And so I picked the latter. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to go on tablets, definitely not at the tender age of 20. I was just, you know, in my mind, I was far too young for that. So I, I 
took upon the advice. Um, he recommended me to see a dietitian, and I went ahead and uh, jumped straight into the bro science wagon and got into uh, the fitness industry and, and got into gym. Um, and so those were the two kind of ways I was looking at uh, targeting, you know, the, the focus of my health and, and how I could uh, improve it. So I went went to the gym and I really got passionate about it um, to a point where, you know, I, I got into, you know, the so-called strength sports. I got into powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. Um, and so I felt great and, and I was more so focused on on that than my diet. Although in saying that, uh, the two aren't, you know, aren't mutually exclusive. I, I was also eating a pretty considerably clean diet at that time. Uh, you know, I was following the advice of the dietitian, eat a low carb, oh, sorry, not low, uh, a low fat diet, you know, moderate, moderate protein, uh, eat a balance, balanced, balanced diet. Um, and yeah, just definitely don't eat a lot of fat. And so I did that. Um, uh, and I was getting stronger. I was looking, you know, muscly. I, I was starting to feel great. Uh, I felt somewhat invincible, but at the same time, there was subtle things that I would um, also experience throughout my 20s. I would be getting sh small bouts of uh, palpitations, shortness of breath. Um, and I also had at times, you know, my blood pressure was, you know, a little bit high. Uh, so, but that, that didn't matter to me as a young 20 year old. I was, you know, I was training, I was going to the gym and I'm following advice. Um, and it really, I guess it really, uh, progressed towards you know me getting uh putting on weight i was putting uh, on weight that i attributed to you know i'm, I'm getting stronger and more uh you know I'm, I'm putting on more muscle it must be muscle and yeah it was it was it, it just kept on increasing now my my symptoms didn't get any better and i reached the point in my towards my late 30s where uh, i like to say it that you know, the diet and lifestyle choices caught up to me. I started to experience these symptoms at a much more severe, I guess, level. And the frequency of how I was, when I was, when I'd be getting these symptoms were just happening far too often. Uh, it got to a point where I was getting these symptoms on a weekly basis. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, you know, it, it caught up to me to a point where I had to stop training. I had to stop going to the gym. Uh, I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, there won't be a session where I would, you know, feel palpitations, and and it, it just it, it scared me. It really did. So I I backed off the gym, and then I put on more weight. Uh, so just for some statistics, I'm about 165 centimeters, five foot four, and uh, at my heaviest, I weighed 100 kilos. So it, it was about you know uh, that obese range. <clears throat> And at my heaviest, I was my, uh, I was at my most unhealthiest. I would imagine, I was in the, in the hospital. You know, I was doing weekly rounds to to the local hospital, to the local emergency department. I've had all sorts of you know scans and diagnostics done. 
Um, and yeah, and that took not just a toll on me physiologically, it took a toll on me emotionally and mentally. And I think that's probably what hit me the hardest was just the mental health. Uh, it really, you know, um, it was at a, at a low. I had bouts of anxiety uh, and, you know, I was diagnosed with a bit of depression as well, although I never did anything to, to treat it. Uh, I never actively looked at, at that pathway. I was fixated on this, on, on my heart disease symptoms. And so uh, I, you know, as a healthcare worker, I used all the resources I could to try and find out what the hell was wrong with me because something is not right. Um, and my searches led me to this key phrase, uh, inflammation. And so that was the first thing I, 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 I started looking at and, you know, it was, YouTube was completely saturated with, 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 uh, information about inflammation. Uh, I didn't know where to start. And so I've, I listened to, of course, what the mainstream advice would tell you is, you know, eat a plant-based diet, uh, eat anti-inflammatory foods. Like, you know, I was doing these, uh, turmeric lattes. Uh, I ate the Mediterranean diet. Um, I would saturate my food with olive oil, uh, because, you know, it was anti-inflammatory. Oh, of course. And I did that. And, you know, um, you know, and I won't lie, it, it, it made me feel great. Uh, you know, just to get the ball rolling. And I did lose about a kilo or two doing the Mediterranean diet. And, but, but the thing is, I, I, it would be yo-yo. It would be just, you know, I couldn't sustain it. It would, you know, I would still have these moments of, um, you know, putting the weight back on the, uh, the palpitations would, would come back. It, it, it just wasn't going away. And, and, uh, I started experiencing new things like um, joint pain, which I thought, oh God, maybe this is, you know, old age showing, you know, you, you know, I, I was like you, I, I submitted myself to, I'm going to be getting these conditions sooner or later. And it looks like it, I'm heading down that path anyway. But um, it really took a turn when one day, uh, you know, I woke up from a nap and my wife was next to me and she looked at me in shock. She was like, um, did you know that you stopped breathing for about two minutes? And I thought, hang on, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you know, I, immediately I knew what it was. I mean, I, I knew that it was, you know, that, that was a sign of sleep apnea. So I, you know, I recorded myself and yeah, I, I had sleep apnea. I, and that was the straw for me. I thought, Nah, this is it. I I've got to do something about this. And at this stage already, I, I'd already uh, been introduced to the low carb space by a colleague of mine uh, at work. He he told me about sugar being inflammatory, and I thought it was crazy at first. Um, but you know, I you know once I started experiencing sleep apnea, I thought I'm going to take the plunge because bloody hell, if I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm not going to have a good quality of life. So I, I did that. Oh, sorry if, I, if I'm not supposed to be using those words. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I I did. Yeah, I, I I went low carb and immediately, you know, started to notice the difference. I, I lost the weight. Um, I pretty much, you know, felt, felt good about a week or two after. Now... Uh, <clears throat> Naturally, if you're going to be Googling 
or YouTubing uh, your searches on on low carb, you'll come across the likes of Dr. Ken Berry, the low carb down and channel on YouTube. Uh, you know, Dr. Sean Baker. And yeah, these people were talking about this thing called the carnivore diet. I thought, this is a bit of a red flag here because I'm told that, you know, red meat's bad for you and cholesterol's bad for you. Uh, this might not be the go. However, I couldn't deny what I was experiencing. You know, I was already eating a high, you know, I was substituting, you know, the sugary foods with, you know, high fat foods already. I was eating, you know, cheese, butter, dairy. Uh, I was, you know, I ditched the low fat milk. I was uh, going with the full cream stuff, avocados, um, you know, you name it. So maybe this isn't such a crazy idea that, you know, red meat is, is, is a bad thing necessarily. So I, by the time I, I knew it, uh, I, <laughs> I started to think about what, what I would, you know, what my diet actually looked like. And I thought, hang on, you know, three months into low carb, I'm already eating a carnivore diet. I'm, I'm pr like, I never liked vegetables to begin with. <laughs> uh, you know, and and so technically I wouldn't miss it if I if I got rid of it. And so the last bit of veggies and fruits that I had in my diet, I just you know, scrapped it. I I uh basically uh discarded them away and I stopped eating those things. And that's where it all began. And I remember that clearly because uh, the, the conscious decision of me going carnivore uh, was the day that my daughter was born. So I, I remember that day very clearly. Wow. No, absolutely. Um, and I mean, yeah, isn't it funny, though, that, um, you know, we would talk about vegetables, you know, being really good for us and so on. But isn't it funny? I often say this to, to people, to patients, why is it that kids don't want to eat vegetables? Yeah. <laughs> You know, right. like above everything else. And people say, oh, you know, it's because they're naughty or whatever. Yeah. Fine. Okay. You know, when you're like five, six, whatever, you hopped upon sugar and stuff. I get it. Okay, fine. What about, you know, like when you're weaning, when you're six months old, like you're not really hopped up on sugar. You, you don't know what good or bad is. You don't know naughty. You have no. no moral compass whatsoever. You're six months old, you know. You don't know what's good and bad. Mm. Yeah. Why do six-month-olds, you know, they, they violently sometimes refuse vegetables? Yes. You know, like, oh, they're just, they're throwing it. They're just being naughty. Or it's like six months old, they don't know what naughty is. No. And they're like throwing the food against the wall, like pushing it away, shoving it away, like refusing to eat it, you know? And it's like, well, does, does, does it mean that they're being naughty or are they just being intuitive and instinctive yeah. Yeah. to not eat the vegetables that don't taste right to them? Like, why would you eat something that doesn't taste right? Why do we even have this taste in the first place? Right. I just, I just think it's a really, really fascinating point. No one can give me an explanation other than, oh, kids are just naughty. Yeah. Are they? Or like, is it just they're instinctive? Um, so you pretty much just took out took out the vegetables. I mean, that is something I hear a lot. Well, I'm pretty much already there. Like, I'll just take that last bit out. Yeah. How did you find that last bit? I, I know what the difference it made for me. Yeah. What was the difference for you just taking out that last little bit? So you're basically keto almost essentially. Yeah, I was keto at that stage. And yeah. then you went carnivore. What was the difference between keto and carnivore for you? Look, to be honest, uh, that that change into carnivore wasn't the, the first week. Um, I actually, and, and to this day, I can't pinpoint what it is, except I, I do have an idea. But the minute I, I dropped the veggies, the last bit of uh, carbohydrates in my diet, I actually broke out in a massive rash all over my my torso. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, 
what the hell is going on? Like, you know, was it because I, I took out the veggies? Um, and, and I was just itchy everywhere. And I, I can... Now, if I, if I look at it, I was eating high oxalate-ridden foods. You know, I was telling you about the turmeric drinks. I was still doing that in my low-carb, you know, journey. And I was, I was drinking, you know, this, these turmeric teas for like two, two times a day, basically. And, you know, those are high oxalate foods. You know, I was eating spinach and, you know, all those salads, which are high oxalate foods as well. And so maybe potentially it could have been, uh, you know, about oxalate dumping. I don't know. And to be honest, uh, I kind of just pushed through. Just I thought this is, you know, this must be just it must it must be something. It could be in anything, really. It could have been, you know, a skin reaction to, uh, I don't know, um, any anything I could have been encountered with. So, but after that week, uh, and and the rash sort of resolved. It just automatically, you know, uh, the weight dropped even faster. And I mean, like you know, it was it was it it it, it pretty much you know just burned off me. I mean, not the right term to use, but it just melted away. Um, and and, and the biggest thing was, I think you know, the level of euphoria and the energy that you, that a lot of people, you know, say that they, they, they had, I, you know, I felt like I was just, a, I felt like Superman, really. I felt like I could do anything. And, and, you know, uh, that was enough for me to say, oh, you know, this is enough motivation to keep going on. Um, but yeah, that, that, that immediate sense of, you know, feeling like, you 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 had enough energy to basically run a marathon even without training it was just a surreal feeling it's hard to explain until you actually do it uh because uh you know like you said in, when i interviewed you you don't know these problems until you really you know try this this crazy diet this heart attack diet <laughs> yes i know it's crazy i mean people i i think a lot of people just they don't know how unhealthy they are yeah. until they are suddenly not unhealthy anymore and yeah. then they they realize it's like just this this black and white you know night and day the sheets just pulled off their off their eyes and they're like oh my god like is this what the world is yeah you know it's absolutely uh it's crazy but um yeah i mean it, it probably was oxalate dumping yeah um yeah. based on what you've said there i mean it's certainly um, the first thing that comes, you know, two things come to mind, keto ration yeah, uh, yeah. and oxalate dumping. I mean, whether or not those two are actually the same thing. I mean, I'm actually, I've, I've wondered if those are really yeah. the same thing because we don't really know what keto rash actually really That's is, right. why, yeah. why people get it. There is some evidence that if you then go back and eat some carbs, it can improve. Yeah. Um, and keto rash can happen at any point. That's right. Yeah. So it's not just when you go into keto for the first time. It typically is, but not always. I got a really bad keto rash like six months into carnival or something, yeah. seven, eight months into carnival. Like, yeah. why? I don't know. Um, probably was, yeah, oxalates just coming out again. And yeah. uh, I don't know. Whole, oxalates are confusing and, and difficult. It but, is very difficult. Um, very random what, 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 what they can do and so on. But it certainly could have been, yeah, oxalate dumping. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't that incredible though? You kind of were, were just, like you said, the weight just melted off you. You felt like Superman. You felt incredible, even compared to keto. And I think yeah. this is a really big point. People, I think you kind of have to see it to believe it. Mm. You know, um, you just don't realize the difference it can really make. Mm. Uh, you mentioned, of course, all these issues and you'd been to this doctor. I know you said on, on your show, you hadn't really gone back. Had you gone back to the doctor at this point or no. you just hadn't seen them since? No, I haven't seen a doctor since. Okay. Um, I haven't seen a doctor just 
you know, I, I just felt like I, I haven't needed to, you know, um, and I've always been a firm believer that it's quite important to listen to your intuition and that if, if, if you feel like you've addressed, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I feel like if, if I was, you know, especially in the earlier, um, I guess, uh, months of, of doing carnival or keto, I, I may have been swayed back into, you know, eat, you know, going back to the lifestyle that I, I once was because, you know, um, I had been following this, this narrative and this, this advice that has been given to me, you know, uh, for for pretty much since I became uh, you know, since I became a a nurse, and you know it's very hard to dismiss and, and to and to just throw away all that information to say, hang on, that was wrong actually, uh, and so anything could have swayed me. So I thought I've got to just I've got to you know give this a go and 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 just and just try and, and put all my focus in, into this pathway that I've mm. you know I've I've decided to take. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you find that you know being a nurse? Do you because uh, you're you know you're you're mainly I think in a hospital, yes. um, you know, seeing patients at their bedside. I'm sure. You, I mean, you've you've obviously seen the effects, devastating effects of chronic disease. You know, I'm sure. Um, do you talk about it at all at work? Like, do you talk about it to patients at all? Um, like, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, it it's um it is a challenge. I I won't lie. Um, because like I said, you, I'm going to be, you know, the stuff that's going to be coming out of my mouth is against what, you know, people have been saying for years that we need to do to improve our health. So, you know, eat a lot of fiber, veggies and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to be saying to people, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And so it's going to be a challenge. So I basically, um, the way I get around it is I talk about my anecdotal experience. I take away my professional hat and just talk about, you know, what I do in my personal life. Um, and basically, you know, point people to, Hey, look, there's this really awesome YouTube channel called low carb down under check it out. It, it's, it's not hard to, you know, to, to listen to a 10 minute video. Uh, and, and people do, people have been doing that. Um, so, you know, colleagues, work colleagues, uh, by now, you know, a lot of them know that I'm doing this crazy diet and they, you know, I've received nothing but love from, from colleagues and, you know, they're, they're, they're quite supportive of, you know, the way I've gone about this. And however, I think it will be different though, if, if let's say I didn't have the, the physical changes that they could see, uh, because yeah, the first thing that they would they would see if, if I hadn't seen them for a while was that, oh man, you're, you're, you're losing weight. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, uh, and, um, you know, people would be, you know, just telling me how, how awesome I looked and how, you know, you know, how younger I, I, I looked. And so that really took away, you know, the, you know, the crazy messaging, I guess, that people might see. And so, yeah, the, the conversation has definitely been there ever since I started Carnivore with colleagues, patients, family, friends. It, it's been happening, uh, you know, everywhere. But at work, it is a challenge because, you know, uh, it's it's a tricky one to navigate. 
you don't want to obviously, you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I, I, I can't give any medical advice anyway. Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to tread on anyone's professional uh, uh, conduct and also your own. So I, I stick within the realms of my anecdote and the things that I've I've watched and, and learned through uh, YouTube, as well as my own, you know, literature, lit, lit, literature searches. Oh, that was a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it must it must be it must be hard for you, and, and it probably is very hard being very mindful that yes, you know, you can't really uh, give medical advice. Uh, I guess that's where someone like me is a lot freer. Yeah, uh, mm. to do that, that must be very very challenging for you to kind of walk that tightrope. Probably knowing mm. like, oh my god, if I could just tell them, that yeah. they could get better, but I can't. I'm not allowed to. That must be very very hard for you. Um, you mentioned, of course, like you know, multiple kind of health issues that you had before. I'm keen to know if those palpitations uh, disappeared with with carnivore yeah all gone so um gone completely. all gone completely yeah so yeah. i have not had a palpitation since uh yeah since before carnivore and uh blood pressure i was at the 160s so i actually Ooh, yeah i actually did take uh antihypertensive i took a beta blocker and i took um i took a statin drug um right and so i did uh of course now i don't take them anymore i've taken myself off completely but yeah so blood pressure has improved palpitations have improved and no longer have any of those symptoms um yeah so i was never i guess formal uh, formally diagnosed with anything i was in the you know in the midst of i had an echocardiogram done i had I'd done a stress test uh they did find out i had a bit of a murmur uh, mm. i think it was a great no, I can't even remember what grade murmur it was. It was a very mild one, um, but I did have, you know, you know, a little bit of an arrhythmia at at times. Otherwise, there was no real formal diagnosis of anything, and so mm. the cardiologist basically told me to just come back in a few years and and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I I I haven't gone and seen a doctor for nearly two years otherwise yeah what about the mental health um you mentioned the mental health was an issue with around anxiety never formally diagnosed but you you did have some issues um what's happened with that now with uh with carnivore diet oh mate so that you know once that feeling of euphoria kicked in you know i felt like my mental health just all of a sudden improved and from there i i feel like how, how shall i put this um i feel like i could deal with life in general in a much more calm manner i i no longer you know i guess well i can't say i no longer but I, I do have less moments of i guess you know moments where i would let my emotions get the best of me um i feel more uh able to deal with with stressful situations as you can imagine you know being a shift worker uh having kids and doing this youtube thing it, it is it is very it can be stressful but i feel like i've managed that perfectly fine and you know uh i've i haven't felt any depression since the day i i walked out of that gp's office and them telling me that you know uh you've got depression here's uh you know um I've referred you to a, a psychologist. I haven't had any depression since. Um, so, How amazing is that? Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> from just just from diet, just from diet, that is just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I think I think there's a number of, of ways that can happen. I mean, I, I talk to patients. I mentioned on your show, you know, mm. I talk to patients about carnivore diet with their mental health if they're if they're wanting to. Um, I think there's a number of ways for, that I've been looking further into this lately, and I think a lot of it's down to dopamine, actually. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of the biggest ways we get this dopamine excess is through our diet, you know, mm. sugary foods, processed foods, you know, it's hyper addictive, hyper palatable foods. When you take all of those out, and I think that's still a problem on keto. Mm. A lot of people on keto, they're still, you know, they're doing like all these keto cheesecakes, keto ice yeah. creams, keto, like, you know, and like they're actually, are they just feeding that kind of dopamine, you know, addiction yeah. that they need? Um, when you, when you reduce that dopamine addiction, you reduce that dopamine tolerance, uh, people call dopamine the the happy hormone. I mean, I think a better terminology is the chemical of want and desire. Yeah, I think that's a much bigger, mm. uh, much better um, wording for it. And uh, when you get that reduction of dopamine um, and the dopamine tolerance falls, um, you know, the threshold also falls with that. Mm. And so smaller things in life can make you happy. And then you're just, you're happy more of the time because more things are making you happy. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I think that actually goes a big way. And there's other neurotransmitters like insulin. You know, insulin is involved in, in serotonin production. More tryptophan in the diet obviously usually equals more serotonin as well. Um, noradrenaline, things like that, that we know can affect mental health. So I think there's, it's multifactorial. Yeah. But yeah, I think dopamine certainly is a, is a big aspect. I think that's also an issue with um, probably why we see things like addictions actually reduce down. Yeah. Yeah, as well. Um, sugar addiction, especially, but yeah, gaming addiction, you know, porn addiction, alcohol, smoking, all these kinds of things can often reduce as well. I suspect that's probably, you know, dopamine. It's just amazing, it's amazing how much diet can influence these things. It really is. Definitely. Yeah, it really is. Um, did you notice that? Did you have any issues with with like sugar addiction before? Yeah, definitely. So, um, as you can see by my complexion and the way I look, I come from an Asian background, and mm. basically the whole staple diet for the continent of Asia is rice. So, um, you could say that that is what I was born eating, and so I was a carb addict since <laughs> since yeah. birth. Really, how, how have you how have you found that? Because I mean, culturally, I have had some patients culturally they want to to do carnivore, but yeah, they're culturally finding it quite hard because their diet is predominantly, you know, just, just carbs. They go to family events and it's just, you know, have all the rice and the, and the rotis and naans and whatever, and like yeah. all these sweets and stuff like that's just in, and you know, Southeast Asian noodles and rice and all this kind of stuff. Like how, how did you find that? Uh, I was at first, uh, I think it was more of a mental challenge that I had to overcome because, um, well, the first time I, I went out in, in public and, you know, saw people in, in a social setting, uh, they could see I'd lost weight. And so naturally they would ask what I'd be eating. And, you know, I'd t tell them about keto, carnivore. And that wasn't the shock factor. The, the shock factor was I don't, when I, when I mentioned I don't eat rice, people are, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? You know, and, and, You've um, abandoned your culture. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I, exactly how I felt. I felt like, you know, yeah. it was a bit shameful to, to even utter those words out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for a long period of time, uh, you know, I thought, could I sustain this? You know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm quite, um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm social in, you know, socially always out there, but I do go out to social events and I, you know, I have to interact with people and I just, I, I, you know, I hated that feeling of, um, of shame and I guess, uh, insecurity that I was losing my identity. But really, as time went on, 
and and I was just losing the weight. I was feeling better. I was getting more energized. Uh, people stop, you know, commenting on that, uh, and and really just, you know, were more focused on on looking at the positives. Like, man, you are doing so well with with losing weight. Um, you know, you kind of forget about that conversation about rice, and so it uh, really. Yeah, it, it just naturally just you know I couldn't care less anymore. It just it it didn't make a difference because at the end of the day, I realized that people really don't care what you eat. They really don't. Um, they might make comments here and there, but it's more of a shock, especially you know if if you're doing something considered to be extreme, like you know cutting out all foods but meat, salt, and water. Um, and so you know I had to just look at my own. Uh, journey and and the things that I was experiencing, and that outweighed that feeling of you know that social barrier of of um of you know being attached to this certain food. Yeah, that's maybe a good time to talk about what, what do you actually eat on the carnivore diet? Because I mean, the carnivore can mean so many different yeah. things to different people. And we touched on this a little bit on your show. What what are you actually eating on carnivore diet? Look, so it it does fluctuate. I am. I could say probably in the span of uh, you know nearly two years, I've been mostly a strict carnivore, um, with the exception of coffee. And so I, I would probably say my diet consists of meat, animal fat, salt, and water. Uh, you know, occasionally I will have dairy. I would have uh, eggs. But uh, you know, my diet was is mostly ruminant meat. So, it, with that being said, I'm not claiming to be perfect at this. Uh, I, I live in the same you know uh, generation and, and era that that everyone else does right now. There's temptations out there that I just simply cannot always, you know, stick to this regimen of eating. You know, for example, just being out in public. You know, if I'm hungry. And in my in my, you know, my instincts tell me I need to eat something. I'm going mm. to eat, you know, as close as I can to a carnivore diet. But if it's not, you know, if it's not at reach for me, I'll go for the next best thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I will still, you know, you know, there might be, you know, uh, it, it might be a burger, it might be a salad, it might be, you know, mm -hmm. it, it might be anything. I'll have to go for it. Uh, but that's only happened you know, on rare occasions. Um, but yeah, that, that is, but I like to stick to mainly a hundred percent carnivore diet if I can. I've recently, uh, so I, I did cut out coffee for a few months earlier this year, about two months. So I could say for the two months, uh, that, that duration, I was completely hundred percent carnivore, but I have introduced coffee back in because, you know, because I wanted to, and I feel like mm. it wouldn't do me damage. So I did. Um, but in saying that, I also, uh, you know, I've cut back on the amount of coffee I was consuming. I was, you know, five to six coffees a day down to mm. a half strength coffee, maybe every second day. Yeah. 
No, I, I think that's a really important point that, you know, things like coffee, people get really anal about, you know, yeah. like if you know you're onto like internet groups and stuff, yeah, it's yeah. like, you're, you're not carnivore. You're like, you're, yeah. you're eating coffee. Like you're drinking coffee. You're not carnivore. That's a plant. And you're like, dude, come on, like live a little. Yeah. Like it's okay to do this every once in a while. You ask like any of the, they're like the big people out there, you know, Dr. Chafee, Dr. Baker, Dr. Berry, you know, all these people, like, they'll tell you all the same thing. Like, fine. You know, like if you want to drink coffee, go drink coffee. Yeah. Like it's absolutely fine. Uh, I've just had my fourth child. Like I've introduced coffee back into my diet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's useful at times, you know. Like, yeah. and and it's that thing. I think when you go carnivore, people don't really realize this until they do it. You know, you become so much more aware of what food does to you. Yes, yes. That you know straight away if it causes you a problem. Right, right. You know, like I know now with nuts. Like I just can't eat any nuts. Because things like avocado, like kiwi, like even fruit, like I, I can eat these things now and not have a not have a big issue with them. Like literally, like one peanut, and it's my tummy's just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like like I like this an almond or like a cashew or like any nut basically. Like my stomach just does not like it. Yeah, straight yeah. away. So I know I just okay, I just don't eat nuts. Like yeah. it's fine. Um, but I think, you know, you're right there. I think if you're just if you're really hungry, you know, you're desperate for food, yes, you can fast and you won't die, but also like, do we really need to? I'm I'm you I mean, I'm not convinced we have to be a hundred percent, you know, all the time. Um, I'm keen to know um how the kind of the powerlifting is going. Cause you said you you used to to do powerlifting, you're trying to get back into that. And of course, what are the things that we're commonly told you know this whole this whole bro science out there is like you must eat carbs for exercise you yeah. know carbs fuel the body especially something like powerlifting mm. that is really that kind of explosive you know energy yeah um how do you how do you find that without the carbs now on carnivore well it's so much better and in in so many ways i can't even interesting you know you know get into all of it now but the I guess you know the main thing was when I when I first so I had stopped training or I had even touched the barbell for about two or three years, I think it was, and I I only you know spur of the moment decided that I wanted to get back into powerlifting after you know feeling so great on on carnivore it was about a year into it I thought man you know wouldn't it be amazing just to get back into the barbell again and and just get you know, uh, build some muscle. And so I did it as an experiment to see how it would go. Um, I was nervous at first thinking that I'm going to be zapped out of energy in that, you know, the first few sessions, cause you know, I'm not going to be, you know, I haven't been eating carbs and, you know, I just didn't know how it would pan out. And so, you know, to my surprise, I felt great, man. After the first week, I'm like, yeah, I, I felt the pain. I felt, you know, the normal, you know, uh, the DOMS, the, you know, the muscle aches. But in terms of energy and, and getting up the next day, I was straight back into it. You know, I was, I just, you know, after the session, go home, wake up, go about my day without having a, you know, a bad invite to see what, what has actually changed. Um, and so... Yeah, it's it's definitely achievable, and so in the last over six months now, I've I've basically I'm I'm close to the stage where I was lifting the same weights that I was three or four years ago now, um, and so I I definitely feel like you know I'm I'm a lot stronger relative to the body weight that I was. So um, yeah, happy to say and and, and you know 
yeah, happy to say that I'm much stronger than I ever was, even when I was eating carbohydrates. Um, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, I used to, you know, uh, you know, indulge myself in these pre-workout meals. You know, I'd, I'd carb load before, you know, a, a big session. I, I, you know, during my session, I'd be guzzling down, you know, stimulants, you know, sugar, electrolytes and whatnot. And now this is my pre-workout. I wake up, I go to the gym, I have a sip of water, done. Yeah, that's, that's- it's, exa- it's exhausting <laughs> doing all that stuff, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I used to do that at like five a.m. and I'd be making my shakes, yeah. my like my pre-shake, my yeah. intra-shake, my post-shake. I'd go to the gym with like three shakes, yeah. like banana and the like maltodextrin. Yeah. Like I was making like making it in the like changing room, and it's just like, oh my god, like it exhausts me even thinking about that stuff now. And yeah. now it's like, what do you what, what do you do? Like I just work out. Yeah, I just work out. I just, <laughs> I just lift I just weights. Do I do like 10 push-ups. I just do it and like I build muscle and it's easy and yeah. it's great. You know, it's like, it's so nice. And there's almost no recovery time as well. Yeah. Kind of what, like you're just pumping so much amino acids and protein into you. It's just so, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm keen to ask you about your... Um, uh your gut issues you mentioned yeah. that you had gut issues and that is something that we do very very often see resolve on carnivore as well i wonder if you can just you know talk about that a little bit well you know i never realized i had gut issues um until i went on the carnivore diet um who, who would have thought that you know um going to the toilet three four times a day was not normal and having these you know you know bouts of of just bloating and and reflux you know i thought reflux was just a normal thing you know and if it got worse i'm gonna take a ppi for it easy peasy but no it it, it, when i went on carnival all those things you know it just went away and i thought oh gosh it's not really you know uh i never realized that that was an issue to begin with and you know i don't know whose idea it was to to correlate um you know the amount of times you go to the toilet with good bowel function it just doesn't make sense i mean if you think about it now like you your meant you know your system your your gastrointestinal system is supposed to be for nutrient absorption you know what why are we emphasizing on the amount of poos we're doing a day you know yeah i mean i i think yeah i mean a lot of it comes from the idea this you know oh well it's it's, it's toxic it's waste you know it should yeah. come out and whatever um but it's also i mean based on these incredibly weak you know epidemiological studies yeah. you know showing these you know tribes in africa or whatever just i can't remember the exact research but it's, you know as long those lines you know well well these people poo like 20 times a day they have gigantic poos all these plants and uh you know they don't get bowel cancer so that's 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 what that's what we need to do uh, completely disregarding that they don't smoke, they don't yeah, drink they don't. alcohol. Yeah, they uh, they don't. You know, they they exercise. They they don't eat processed foods and seed oils and all these chemicals and sugar and all this other stuff. You know, they're eating an incredibly whole, clean. You know, whole food, clean diet. Yeah, um, and that's why they're not getting bowel cancer. Yeah. It's not the fact that they're doing the you know turds the size of dinosaurs um <laughs> i just got that image of jurassic, jurassic park yeah. in my head now with jeff goldblum um you know and like just just like wow that's a that's a big pile of shit um and uh you know just just uh you know and this is where it all kind of came from uh, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was the same actually. Just didn't really kind of know that these were issues until yeah. they they went away. And how sad is that? Though? How sad is that? That even as medical professionals, you know, we don't really even know that our our guts are a problem. Yeah, right. Like how yeah. how crazy is that? It's, it's and, crazy. And, 
and it's all from the food that we're eating and we just we've come we've just completely normalized this kind of behavior of just yeah it's pretty normal to go to the toilet like four times a day yeah like why is that normal yeah yeah you know, it's just it's crazy like why is it normal to get heartburn why is it normal to get bloating and, and so on all these things and the medical profession unfortunately it does kind of continue that that um idea that oh these are just normal yeah you know well there's a tablet for it you'll it'll, it'll resolve yeah it. yeah don't worry like just just go and take a tablet if you get cramps go take a tablet if you get yeah. constipated take a tablet yeah. if you get diarrhea take a tablet you know heartburn take a tablet like you said uh, and that's that's kind of sad, really, that um, that we're in that space. But I think the more people that that do experience these these uh, the, like the carnivore diet that goes without these these issues, suddenly they realise, wow, maybe life isn't actually like that. Yeah. And then they tell their patients. I think then then you know word does does get around eventually. Word yeah. will get around that actually we don't have to have those issues, uh, which would be would be nice, of course. Um, I'm conscious of time, yeah. Um, and it's been really great talking to you today, Joff. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't really spoken about today? Um, no, not really. I guess you know, uh, it, it's you know, um, if there's anything that I, I want to get out in, you know, in, in sort of any videos that I, I am able to do, is just you know, we're not here to try I, I'm, I'm, i speak on my behalf but i'm not here to try and give advice and force anything upon anyone okay I, and i've never had that mindset even before carnivore diet the carnivore diet um but especially with this with this you know way of eating that you know i've have come across you know i have had so many you know changes in in my life in, in a positive way that i feel obliged to to just share this message out to people and it's it's um you know i but i don't want it to get into people's mindset you know you have to do as you're told um i think you know the purpose of 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 why i i do what i do in social media is for people to you know to listen to my story my anecdotes other people's stories their anecdotes and also just shed light on the actual scientific evidence we have out there that you know we should be considering because you know otherwise you know if, if we continue to put faith in in the, the current mainstream advice uh who knows what would what would happen and how things would turn up in the next 40 50 years and the way i look at it is is this um you know people can already see how stretched out the healthcare system is globally all right it it's it's crazy um you know people always talk about the shortages of of uh hospital staff like nurses and doctors and whatnot um you know it's only like that because we've we we haven't found the solution to you know how, how the hell do we reverse and cure diabetes how, how do we how did we you know how do we uh stop people from getting heart attacks and and strokes and you know how do we stop people from getting obese uh, we're only seeing this because it's unfortunately this is just the burden of healthcare this is we have to we have to see these things and it, it puts a lot of stress on people like yourself and and myself who are in in the front lines of this and so yeah if i can somehow help someone not end up in hospital I, I think I have a bit of satisfaction in 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 continuing to do what I do on social media. 
So yeah, I don't yeah. want to see any of you guys in in my ward. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I mean that in a in a, in a good way. <laughs> and how, how can people find you on social media and your YouTube channel? Yeah, so I go under the handle uh, revitalize underscore yourself, and that's revitalize with an S. So I'm both on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, and so yeah, you can find me there. Uh, I have some videos. Uh, I've done interviews. I did one uh, just with you before, Dr. Kowadkar. And yeah, uh, those are pretty much all my socials. Yeah, no, perfect. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone should you know go go follow uh, Joff on the Revitalize underscore yourself on on YouTube. Uh, he's got a number of videos on there. I'm just having a quick look at them now. Lots of interviews, um, um, so I'm sure they're very very good. So go check him out. Follow him on Instagram again. Same handle on Revitalize yes. underscore yourself. Yes, correct. Um, and uh, you know, follow him along with his journey there as well. Um, I think you're absolutely right, and, and uh, you know, it's it's a war basically. <laughs> you know, between health and, and poor health. And, and we're losing, we're yeah. losing the war. Um, and, and as you said, you know, just, you just have to look at the costs of health insurance and, and people's, you know, own, own pockets. Um, more and more and more money is being spent, more and more and more drugs being taken all the time. Yeah. And yet we are losing this yeah. battle. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know there's something that's not right, Yeah, you know, with people's health. And we don't have, we don't have, what the answer? I mean, the answer is do something different. You know what we're doing isn't yeah. working. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I and of course yourself. Many people out there do believe that that really diet is the number one key here. Because if you look at yeah. what's changed over the last hundred years or so, it, it's it's the diet. Yeah, hundred percent. You know that's yeah. that's what's changed. Um, the amount of physical activity and so on it has gone down slightly, but not that much no. on the whole. It's the diet that's yeah. that's made the difference really for everyone. So diet really is is the important thing here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know really uh, you know you 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 you're doing what you can. Yeah. Um, and I think you know you're doing the best thing that that you know that that, that everyone should do is just being out there. You know, mm. just talking to people, saying, "Look, I'm doing this. You know, do it if you like. Fine, but you know, I'm doing this and I'm seeing benefits." you could too if you if you if you wanted to yeah and i think it's people like yourself that really actually are the key to all of this it's this the groundswell this movement yeah um that we need from people to to you know one person tells the other person tells the other person you know that's what we need hmm. because it's never going to come from government or no <laughs> drug companies like what drug company is going to say you know what actually guys you don't need to take our drugs anymore no that's right no you just go on this carnival diet it's great you don't need our drugs you know yeah what company is going to say that no never <laughs> you know sugar companies are never going to say i oh, don't eat our sugar anymore you know don't buy our food it's bad for you no they're going to go and pay ansel keys you know another like, yeah, yeah whatever millions of dollars to discredit <laughs> cholesterol again you know um, so it's, it's never going to come from centralized government. It's never going to come from drug companies. It's never going to come from really the medical profession, I think, as a whole. Yeah. Um, it's it's got to come from the ground, from people like yourself, just saying, hey, look, I'm doing this, you know, and I'm seeing results. Do you want to, do you want to try it as well? Yeah. I think that really is the best thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm fortunate too, because I've had, you know, only a handful of, of people in my personal life that I know who have actually tried the carnivore diet. And, you know, even that has been a great start to you know getting awareness out there because it starts with that one person who who tries it yeah. and then they they spread it out to their friends and family and and, and it does a word does spread pretty quick it does absolutely yeah. um 
like I said, I am conscious of time. I know my wife yeah, no, is on the way back with yeah, the yeah. kids. They've been she's been keeping them at the park. Oh. Very, very good. She's an absolute angel hero. She's Star. got four kids, four kids down at the park. <laughs> so I could do this podcast in in peace. So oh. uh, I'll be sure to make her a nice carnivore dinner tonight. Oh, that's um, <laughs> so yeah. She's hopefully actually going to come on the podcast soon. Oh, um, she's agreed to come on because um, she did a a. What, what most people would call animal-based diet through pregnancy, right? right. Um, which I wasn't super vocal about, but um, you know, now that she's happy for you to kind of talk about it, yeah. Um, so it completely goes against the norms, yes, for pregnancy, and it's really interesting. She actually had the best pregnancy that she's had of all four. Interesting. Uh, five pregnancies. We've actually had a miscarriage as well, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, very interesting that, uh, you know, she had the best pregnancy of all of them mm. uh, following essentially a animal-based, you know, mostly carnivore diet. Oh. And uh, she's actually pretty much about to go almost full carnivore. Wow. Now, because our, our youngest uh, child now, four weeks old, five weeks old, Noah, he is developing some sort of like cow's milk intolerance or something. Right. Like we've cut out cow's milk and it's not really working. So we've cut out soy, that's not working. So we're just going to cut out wheat. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to go basically carnivore and cut out everything because she's breastfeeding and see what happens. So, yeah. so she's going to come on the show at some point to talk about that, which will I'll be really cool. I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a really good good point of view from her. So yeah. Uh, but she's an absolute angel looking after the kids, kids uh, while I can do this podcast. So, um, Thank you very much, Joff. I'm rambling a little bit. That probably no means it's time, it's time to go. Thank you so much. Um, apologize if anyone can hear sirens in the background. I'm right next to a main road. <laughs> um, hopefully the noise cancellation is working. Uh, thank you so much, Joff, for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it and giving us your perspective. Um, everyone out there, make sure you follow Joff on revitalize underscore yourself on Instagram and YouTube. Definitely check out his channel and all the interviews he's got on there. I'm just having a look at them. There's a couple of really good ex-vegan ones I want to go and watch. <laughs> I haven't seen those. I want to go and watch those. So make sure you check out his channel, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Yeah, my wife's just told me she's coming back now. Awesome. Uh, thank you everyone for turning into this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Definitely check out my website, themeatmedic.com for health courses and merchandise, of course, like you can see, like my cool t-shirt here. Thanks guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for this. Li thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meet Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeatmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50 off. That's code 50 off, five zero off, O-double-F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.